Welcome to the Ban Hall, a Young Band Directors of Texas podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chelsea Frazier, president of YBDT, and with me is Amanda Blackstone, our executive director. YBDT is a nonprofit organization for young band directors in Texas. We're here to talk about the ins and outs of teaching band, especially in the first few years of your career. Today, we are here with Robert Floyd, Executive Director of TMEA, to talk about the importance of fine arts advocacy and our roles in preserving the future of music in our schools. Welcome to the Band Hall. Mr. Floyd, can you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get started? How long have you been the Executive Director of TMEA, and where did you teach before you took on that role? I have been at TMEA a long time, <laughs> way before y'all were born. I'm, I'm in my 28th year as executive director of TMEA. That's amazing, congrats. And, and <laughs> so uh, I should retire, but somehow I just keep hanging on. And uh, <laughs> as, as long as I have the passion though, and the desire and feel like uh, that I can do the job that my board expects and our members expect, then uh, I, I still have that fire in my belly to, to keep serving our students through music and our members and all that that represents. So, um, and it was a hard decision for me to make to uh, leave teaching. I taught 21 years at Berkner High School. I was the director of bands there, which is in the Richardson Independent School District, which is north of Dallas. And um, I think the thing I love the most is since I've left uh, Berkner, the band program there has continued to not only survive but thrive and yeah. really taking it to another level if you know anything about Berkner. Yeah. Uh, you know, multiple honor bands and, and mm -hmm. performances at Midwest, but more than that, just touching kids' lives in such a positive way, uh, which is really what inspires all of us, I think, and keeps us going. But I, love, I still miss those days. I sort of rationalize in my own mind that I'm just helping more kids at a different level Mm -hmm. And I'd like to think uh, we're doing that. You know, we have 5.4 million students in the Texas public schools. And certainly our goal at TMEA is, is to provide quality experience in music for as many as, of those students as we can reach. And, uh, and that's our passion. And that's, of course, what got y'all into this profession mm -hmm. as well. So yeah, definitely. that's sort of my, my background in a nutshell. And uh, so I'm still enjoying it and uh, hang on a little bit longer, I think. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it's pretty safe to say you're leading a legacy in, in Texas with, with music education. I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I will tell you that I get way too much credit for the accomplishments of TMEA. We have an incredible staff. Uh, I think my greatest claim to fame when I do retire is is the staff, because everyone, we have a full-time staff of nine people in the office at TMEA, and we're at the point now that every one of them are people that I got to hire <laughs> and select, so to speak, and, and they're truly amazing. And then the other amazing experience I've had through the years is, have been the executive boards that have been elected by the membership that I've had the pleasure to work with. Uh, they truly are inspirational and uh, and always smart people who are really as dedicated and committed as you know the majority of our teachers certainly mm -hmm. in the state. Uh, and to take that step to go beyond a full time, all of y'all know how many hours it takes a week uh, oh, to yeah. be a, a music educator, 
And then on that, oh, I think I'll run for state office and <laughs> take on, in this case, you know, the vice president and band chairman. And, mm -hmm. and so their commitment and dedication is amazing. And the foresight and ideas and leadership they provide uh, supports all of us. So it's, it's a great cast. And people give, say, well, you're leaving a legacy. You're doing all that stuff. I say, yeah, whatever. I've had lots of help through the years, which I'm indeed <laughs> thankful for. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so in your role as executive director, what's involved in the day-to-day? -day? What are, what are your, um, your responsibilities involved with that? You know, um, it varies every day. Of course, I uh, mentioned already my incredible staff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I will tell you, this time of year, it, it's sort of seasonal to a degree. Certainly, we were all pedal to the metal, so to speak, uh, preparing for the virtual conference, which mm -hmm. we hope a lot of listeners uh, took part in that. And yes. I'll throw in a plug now. You can still join. Yeah. And, um, you can still have watch access all the stuff. To, you can still watch all the stuff. I will say, even during a lot of that preparation, and this time of year, I'm involved with the legislature. So mm -hmm. even back, uh, the legislature in Texas meets every other year, 140 days, whether they need to or not. <laughs> and our, <laughs> our, our, our take, those of us involved in education, they don't need to, but they, <laughs> but they meet anyway. And so, and you don't wait till a session starts, which was January 7th, I think, to get started, you know, in your preparation, depending on what you want to accomplish during the session. And they'll meet till the last day of May. So that's where my focus is right now and uh, again i have such an amazing staff uh, i i do play a role i'm uh, editor still of the southwestern musician but i have incredible help from our managing editor karen cross brilliant and uh, but I, I just again am blessed with such an amazing staff but uh, beginning to prayer prepare for the next fiscal year building budgets all the things that go along with running a nonprofit and uh, I think the thing about my job I enjoy the most is helping members. And, and I always, I hate the call that comes in that goes, Mr. Floyd, I know you're busy. I'm sorry to bother you. I hate that. Because <laughs> that's what I enjoy the most, yeah. especially when they have a question about legislation or about rule. Mm -hmm. Can my principal do this to me or not? Mm -hmm. Those kinds of, can they really take students out of my class for six weeks? All of those kinds of questions, you know, I love to try to help. Sometimes I can help and sometimes I can't. Mm -hmm. But I will say, our, so I, right now, until the certainly the end of May, I, that's where my focus will be. Uh, and I can give you a little bit of an update uh, in a few minutes. Perhaps that's a question you're going to ask. Yeah, definitely. Of what's going on over there right now. <laughs> um, in a nutshell, uh, I'll have to say, knocking on my wooden desk um, that right now things are going pretty well. I'm sure that you heard initially two things. What we approach, we do at the Capitol. Sometimes it's proactive passing legislation that we think would help our teachers serve their students and help our students have access to our programs. But I will tell you that we unfortunately have spent a lot of our time putting out fires or being caught off guard. There are 8,000 bills that will be filed during this session. Wow. And while we work 
we try to keep up with all the education. Over 500 of them were only about education, and that was a month ago, so it's probably more like 600. Mm -hmm. And so you try to keep up which ones could hurt us, which ones could help us, mm -hmm. you know. So that's sort of the role we play. We haven't filed a bill directly this session, but you've probably heard of the bill, House Bill 434, that got a lot of publicity because right now in Texas, uh, the graduation requirement is one credit for fine arts to graduate with any diploma for, uh, from a Texas high school. And, and that's certainly a good thing. This bill would have allowed students to substitute a course in career and technical education to meet that graduation requirement. Don't like so that. <laughs> we've been cut to the chase here. That bill had a hearing, caught us by surprise two and a half weeks ago on Tuesday. So we geared up for it. We had 20 people testify. We had uh, Texas Cultural Trust work with us on it. And uh, I'll just say that the good news is that bill is dead. It is. <laughs> it is dead. Yay! I was so worried about that yeah. one. <laughs> well, the amazing thing was that the 13 members of the House Public Education Committee, which is where every education bill starts through the efforts of our testifiers and through doing some work with the committee members, and just Good luck. You know, when people say, oh, Mr. Floyd, you do all of this. Sometimes we have really great things happen, and it was good luck. And, I, and I'll give you a couple of examples. <laughs> uh, the, the chair of that committee, the last three sessions, daughter was a choir student. Nice. Okay? Yes, uh, love it. The co-chair of our arts education caucus at the Capitol's daughters were dancing. The chair of the Senate Education Committee, kids were in choirs. And over in the 15-member State Board of Education, who also controls a lot of the rules that we have to follow, uh, the chairman of that committee was a theater student. And then the vice chair of the State Board of Education, uh, daughter is in New York trying to make it on Broadway. So, you know, and those are just great things happen. But the, the beauty is, uh, in my work at the Capitol through the years, again, 150 House members, 31 senators, they all have staffs, right? So a lot of my work at the Capitol is done with staff members. Mm -hmm. And I'll walk in an office invariably and sit down with somebody even younger than y'all <laughs> who's in <laughs> charge of a representative's education program. And I'll start talking and uh, explaining whatever the issue is. And when I finish, they'll be very polite. And when they finish, they'll go, Oh, Mr. Floyd, I was in Bobby Douglas's choir uh, at L.D. Bell High School back in the day. Oh, I played trumpet in Carrie Taylor's band at Westlake. Oh, and it goes, oh, I was in theater at so-and-so school. So, yeah. it, it, you know, the beauty is we have so many people out there, but it, it always amazes me mm -hmm. uh, how many people in, in, in leadership or key positions, you know, the senator or the representative, and so... At any rate, uh, that bill caused support already on the bill in the Great Testament. Now remember, bills can appear in the House or they can also appear in the Senate. Mm -hmm. And so that bill could okay. still come up on the Senate side. We've already done our undercover work on the Senate side through the <laughs> Lieutenant Governor's office. And we feel pretty good that that bill uh, won't go anywhere on the Senate side either. So. 
Um, those were two critical bills. That's yeah. the main. You said you had two and a half weeks notice for to do all of that with that bill. Well, we'd be, actually, uh, the bill was heard two and a half weeks ago. They oh, hear okay, okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we they started filing bills back in November. We've known about that bill because it was filed early on. Oh, okay, uh, gotcha. And so we've been watching it. We've been working it behind the scenes, so to speak. The Texas Cultural Trust was working it more uh, up front, so to speak. We feel pretty good about that one. We have another one coming that we were a part of, uh, I hate to use the word kill, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> the bill never passed. That would have added a half credit graduation requirement for a course called Personal Financial Literacy. Mm. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. And the dilemma with that bill is simply it would take away an elective for right. our arts, art students. Right. And so uh, that's why it was important. The irony is, that 40% of the TEKS and our standards in the current half credit required economics course are already about personal financial mm -hmm. literacy. Mm -hmm. So right. why are we gonna add another yeah. course covering the same material with the same standards for the most part? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it makes you wonder why the conversation isn't more about curriculum than it is about credits. You know, right. when there are things that can be yes. covered under the umbrella of core classes or things like that, you know, and could be incorporated in that curriculum. It, do, do you ever feel like you're constantly on the defensive as far as like lobbying on behalf of like, yes. the arts? That's a great point. Um, yeah, more than I would like. Mm -hmm. um, and so, but we do try to stay off front. I will tell you this Tuesday, the bill that I just talked to you about, about the personal financial literacy, mm -hmm. it's it's going to get a hearing too soon to, from wherever we're recording this. So I, I'm spending my whole weekend getting ready for that. So we're strategizing about who's going to testify, what mm -hmm. the message we truly want to be uh, for the members of the committee. Mm -hmm. and um, But also Tuesday, and here's the really good news, there's another bill that we're going to push to get passed. And this bill is going to create a task force that would study between now and the next session, moving fine arts up into what we call in Texas, the foundation curriculum, which Ooh. is math, science, English language yeah, arts, okay. and social studies. And so that bill has been filed. It's already gotten a hearing. Mm -hmm. um, That's we're exciting. pretty excited. I mean, it is exciting because uh, it truly gives us an opportunity to tell our story, mm -hmm. you know, to help educate both uh, legislators, uh, the press, about truly how the arts are a critical part and an integral part of a well-rounded education. Mm -hmm. And certainly now more than ever before, coming out of the pandemic and the mm -hmm. whole role of social and emotional learning, and all that involves and, and workforce preparation and all the takeaways from a rigorous arts experience and how that benefits a student far beyond just being able to maybe sing or play a musical instrument or paint or dance or act. Uh, and so that, that's where our emphasis will be Tuesday with that message. Keeping in mind that all we're asking for in this bill is that they create this task force that allows us 
and it'll be a very comprehensive study. It's not just a token, oh, we're going to give you a couple hours sometime between now and, you know, 2023. Right. And, but, but it's very comprehensive. It defines who's on the task force, what the charges will be, and all of that. So usually what comes out of a task force like that is the next session there will be legislation. So even if, again, we don't, aren't, I think we got a good shot to get the task force, but maybe even if nothing comes out of it to necessarily move fine arts up with those foundation subjects, it gives us an opportunity, though, to educate people uh, mm -hmm. and uh, leader, people in leadership positions. So um, we've, we're pretty excited about that. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, that is um, exciting. So... You know, it, so it bounces. We, we also did something this year, and I hope every person who's here in this podcast has taken part in it, but we tried something new this session. We created our the Texas Arts Education Campaign, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. texartsed.org. So they can go to the site, texartsed.org, and created a website. We're sort of building it as we fly it. But, uh, and, and, the, and the purpose of this campaign, we're calling it, is to educate both lawmakers as well as the general public mm -hmm. about, again, the importance of the arts in educating the whole child. For those of you who are listening, it's also, they're also on Instagram. So if you look at um, TX Arts Ed on Instagram, or if you find me on Instagram, I follow them and you can stay involved that way too. They've been posting testimonies and things like that. Yes, uh, all of so Facebook, social media, uh, Twitter, and that piece of it, and I must say up front, TMEA organized this, but we're working very close with TMAC, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. are the Texas music administrators in the state, 230 of them now, by the way, and that organization is on fire, and they're doing great. But we're, they're working with us on this. We already have 11,000 signees member that are on that site and have signed up with us. Not only that, but my brilliant staff, uh, mostly this part guided by Frank Coachman. Some of you know him. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, can tie, <laughs> we can tie every one of those people to their representative and their senator. That's amazing. So, yes. for example, when House Bill 434, adding the CTE option to meet the fine arts graduation requirement, we were very strategic in how we lobbied to get that mm -hmm. bill killed. Because, mm -hmm. remember, I said the bill starts in the committee. There are only 13 of them. So we didn't try to blast 150 representatives and make them mad. <laughs> so we went, we targeted only people who had signed up mm -hmm. that resided in the voting district of those 13 people. And oh. there were 700 of them. Well, then so I between, was one of them because I <laughs> emailed, I got the contact to email yeah. my representative and I sent it out to all my band parents as well. So oh, now my. I feel like I really made a difference. <laughs> You I'm telling did. you, you did make a difference. I tell you, it was one of the most uh, invigorating, positive hearings I've been associated with, and it lasted two years. Uh, two years, 
it lasted two hours because I was, um, by the time I was 20 people testified, and by the way, you only get two minutes, two yeah, minutes oh, really? at the wow. Capitol. Now, if they ask you a question, then you can you engage in a little more conversation. But, um, but it was great, the people that testified, but equally important were those 13 members of that committee who began to weigh into the conversation mm -hmm. in a very positive way. And so, uh, but that's a good example of how we're using the campaign uh, to support us. And um, it, it definitely was impactful. Good. Yeah, for those of you who are listening, it, I know it's been, if you're a teacher right now, it's kind of hard to keep up with emails because it seems like every two days you get an mm -hmm. urgent, important email about some pandemic update that is crucial, and it's hard to sift through what yeah. is not so important and what is important. But if you do find an email about um, advocating for the arts, or if you search in your inbox for something from your fine arts director regarding um, this you know, campaign, T-A-E-C, then try and get your name on their list because it's like a like he's saying it's a new effort to mobilize those of us who are doing it and believe in it wholeheartedly every day you know in and out every day um it's a way to mobilize us when we're needed but you know we're not always needed it, it just depends on what's coming up on the floor right so yes it's really uh, important <laughs> uh and i could have said that better about it. beautiful <laughs> Well, it's um, so we're we're such a large and powerful community, and we have these connections. And even I mean, Amanda was saying that she sent that email. You know, that one small mo uh, one small thing that she did. We're such an incredible community of educators and advocators, and and all of this that we can make big difference together. So I love this movement, and and love this um, what you guys have started and continue to out for all of us you know that and, and that's perfect uh, chelsea and the the beauty of it is we again we don't know how far we're going to take this we, we plan not to end it on may 31st you know mm -hmm. the end of the session yeah. and begin to grow it and expand it and, and it won't be something oh we just got to put this together in case something comes after us at the capitol so we're pretty excited of where about where it might go and thank you for uh, you're supporting it and continue to sign up. Uh, we sort of got blown up by House Bill 434 coming up so early in mm -hmm. the session. Uh, that was March 9th, I think, something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, because our goal was, number one, to grow the participation and get more people to sign up. Uh, and the second thing was to just be use social media, begin to put out positive feedback and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. with kids on social media, but also at the Capitol, put out some positive vibes. You, you hate for the first time they hear from you is you're trying to blow up something. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but we had to go, but we had to go into a proactive mode there right. just a matter of a few days. You know, bills are heard on Tuesdays in both the House and the Senate on Thursdays uh, in committee. And, um, they don't publish the list till Thursday night. So, you know, we only had over the weekend to sort of get ready for it. But at any rate, um, I'll say all that to say, one of the pleasures I have is, is being able to, with lots of help, stay on top of what's happening at the Capitol. Mm -hmm. uh, I always say, if, 
if you're not protected in state law and state board of education rule, then it's harder to advocate and do what you want to do back in your district or your campus. Uh, if you have an administrator that's not very supportive and they can point to the legislature and say, well, they don't think the arts are very important, or the state board just changed this rule. So our, our role at our level is to try to keep that from happening so that your level, and I know y'all are, you plan or you've already done, uh, I can't, uh, sessions on advocacy, uh, and I'm sure in many ways y'all probably are on top of that even more than me. Um, but uh, when we redid our website this past summer, we completely restructured that section of the website. We're continuing to try to improve it, uh, add more critical materials mm -hmm. through TMEA. Well, yeah, a, a plug for the, web, the website, which is beautiful. I was on it um, kind of looking through the advocacy stuff. There is so much there oh, yeah. and so much incredible resources for your parents, for you as a director, for your administrators. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's videos and handouts and little blurbs I, and I it's love great. the videos. I, sh I pull up those, um, you know, it all starts with music videos and I'll show them to my classes if there's a day where we have, you know, like, um, a weird schedule because of early yeah. release or something, I will pull up one of those videos and show it to the kids, even though they're actively in the programs and they enjoy it. They kind of know why it's important. Um, I still, <laughs> I pull up those videos cause it gives them a grander perspective and it reminds them what I'm always telling them, which is I want you to be a musician for life, not just mm -hmm. for now. So, yeah. you know, to show them, I love those videos that you guys made and the, those advocacy tools are very helpful. You guys are doing a great job. And one thing that really surprised me about your role, um, because I didn't know about much about like the upper level workings of TMEA until I met you myself. And mm -hmm. um, I thought that it, TMEA was kind of just all current music educators, um, you know, doing this thing on the side and hosting an amazing convention every year, obviously, um, and, and making me practice my etudes for hours. Um, right? <laughs> but then I, I, my eyes were really opened um, to your role because my dad is an attorney. And so when I met you and I, when I learned more about what you guys do with the legislature and everything, it was like two of my worlds colliding, really, because I saw these former, you know, music teachers or these people who understand music teaching so much and then I also saw similar to stuff that my dad deals with as a lawyer kind of like coming mm -hmm. together in one role and mm -hmm. that was really surprising to me that you were so actively involved in that stuff and it made me glad that there was somebody who understood my side who's fighting for us you know mm -hmm. on that level um, it just really opened my eyes so I'm glad you're doing it <laughs> Yeah, well, that's great. And I'll tell you those videos, I wish we could a way to just keep pushing those out. And sometimes I think people saw them and oh, those are great and they sort of forget about them. Or, but the, they're not dated. They will be eventually, perhaps. But right <laughs> now, they're as current as anything you could possibly utilize and showing to booster club meetings and to mm -hmm. recruiting meetings and mm -hmm. you know david borland who is the um, the engineer from amazon web services yeah. you know that did that one about mm -hmm. he testified 
two and a half weeks ago. That's great. At the Capitol to that committee on that bill and with basically the same message that's on that video, which was, you know, I, I have an engineering degree, degree and I needed that, but, but I learned all of these skills in music, yeah, <laughs> in the band, you so know, powerful. yeah, you know, yeah, it is powerful. Yeah, what really strikes me about everything that you've said, and and even in these videos, even in all that, I feel like it all comes back to relationships and mm -hmm. music educators that didn't throw away a relationship with any kid. You know, I mean, because you just never know what role that relationship between you and a student could play later on, whether that student ends up as a representative or yes. maybe <laughs> their parents or they're just contacting their representative or you just never know how that relationship can be affected. And what we see again and again is positive relationships with music education, like um, coming to fruition and helping things to be you know, continuing. I wish I was saying this better, but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to say something. <laughs> it, sh it shows how much of an impact fine arts, no matter the art, you know, has on these people's lives, no matter where they go in their life and what, what choice, career choice they make or where they go. I mean, you, you were hearing the stories about in, down in Austin, just, you know, when that bill came up. Um, and so many positive, Im the, the positive impact is, it, it's something we can't measure. But also, Chelsea, if you think about it, you know, when someone leaves your program, whether it's like they choose a different elective, they move, something like that, you mm -hmm. always want them to leave with a good taste in their mouth. And I gotta say, I don't think everybody who's teaching right now sees that as a priority. Um, I think sometimes they're like, okay, you go. Like, you know, band wasn't for you, mm. bye. But I think it's important that you always make sure that parents and kids leave your program for whatever reason with a good taste in their mouth because mm -hmm. you never know what's going to come up later on and you don't want them to be saying well my kid had a terrible experience in band so I'm going to prioritize the exact opposite from now on I mean you want them to say right. whatever their experience was it was a positive one and it has value well and that's exactly on Tuesday and <laughs> the message we're going to be <laughs> delivering and uh, I ought to get one of y'all to come testify. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, you, you really don't have to look to determine the importance of the arts and education in culture, in our society. We, we really need to look no further than how people have spent their time the last 12 months in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the, things, the thing that brought them happiness, brought them joy, brought them comfort. It was That's music so and the arts. Yeah. And we saw it from the very first day with those first videos out of Italy, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. uh, back in March a year ago. So, you know, that's, and, and the good news is I, I do think, uh, and we're utilizing, trust me, you know, that very message that, that I just stated and you guys were talking about, and, and also social and the social and emotional learning, mm -hmm. yes. you know, and, and the fact because the members of the committee, they, there have been a couple of other bills filed that would deal with the, the social and mental health of mm -hmm. children mm -hmm. as they come back to school and Super you know and how they're suffering and and as we know in music, you know kids just couldn't wait to get back to their 
to be with their teacher and to be with and to make music with their their uh, classmates and and hopefully fingers crossed we'll all be back there at least by in August but, oh yeah hope and, so so anyway and and even before that, you know, kids also are looking for two things, a place where they feel safe and a place where they feel welcomed. And the social-emotional learning piece, uh, that's not an add-on in a music classroom. That's built into our yeah. curriculum. It's Every built day, into the exactly. experience. It, it Every is day, not in math, you know, okay, we got five minutes, we're going to do this SEL exercise, because there's <laughs> right. materials out there, right. you know, things you can do, but that, but it's sort of superficial, and, but in our case, we live it every day with our students, mm -hmm. and we really could come out on, this could be the reason we'll come out on the, of the other end of this pandemic, Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. stronger than ever, that's our goal. That's the goal. Serving more kids. I want to emphasize too to to you know directors that are listening right now. You have no idea the impact you're having with your kids, whether they're in person or they're virtual. I've ha we've had comments from some parents. I happened to see a lot of parents this weekend. We had um, a solo and ensemble contest, and a few of them mentioned, you know, even though we've been virtual this whole time and it's it's really hard on our kid. You know, they are looking forward to the zoom band class and it's not the same but that's what's getting them out of bed and that's yeah. what's you know and that's you know hearing that from a parent you know there's so many parents out there that are also experiencing the same thing i'm sure and they maybe they just don't tell you you're making a huge impact on these kids no matter what their learning modality looks like right now no matter what their schedule is like right now mm -hmm. having the arts just like mr floyd was saying is getting us through this pandemic a step at a time. Um, and right now, especially, I don't know about you guys, but I'm feeling, you know, some major pandemic fatigue <laughs> oh, <laughs> with yeah. all of yeah. this. Well, of course. Um, but we're pushing through and we're doing this for our students and, you know, we're gonna get there to the end. Absolutely. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. Anyway, back to the capital thing, just, mm -hmm. you know, that's sort of the role that TMEA plays. and. Uh, again, I'll say it again, that we try to keep things not to happen at the Capitol, or we do pass legislation that will make uh, our opportunity stronger to serve your students. Uh, but the real advocacy is back on the campus in the district, where I always say that the greatest advocacy tool we have is a program that's valued by students, by parents, by administration, mm -hmm. by boards of education, by community, by the community. Because it's really hard to cut a program when it's, it, it holds that kind of stature and acceptance and value to, to the community and to the people, the students you serve. So, but yes, we need sometimes materials and there are gonna be battles just like this, couple of bills this session that we're having to having to kill I just hate say to say it. this just all right say it. Yeah, just say it. <laughs> I hope the representatives that file those two bills don't uh, <laughs> find out I said well that leads me to um something I really wanted to ask as directors um and you know we're yeah 
from your experience, you know, we're busy and there's so many things on our plate. What are, what are our first steps that we can do, small, powerful steps to ensure that we can, you know, garner support for our programs and keep that advocacy going? Again, it's a great question. You know, when we started the campaign, our, our first goal, of course, get people to sign up, get people to sign up. Mm-hmm. And then, the, then we began to get people going, okay, we've signed up. What are we going to do? What do you want us to do? Right. You know, they were chopping <laughs> at the bit. And you were, I think it was you, Amanda, that said, you know, we have to be very strategic, you know. Mm-hmm. And so if you sign up and then CMEA or the, the campaign doesn't ever ask you to do anything, you go, well, that's a waste of time. <laughs> no, it, it really wasn't. <laughs> But again, we have to be careful about that. I, I would say um, get involved. How many of how many of us surely know? Well, who is your state representative? Who That's is true. your senator? You know, yeah. you can go to. I emailed Texas. them, and I still don't know. <laughs> yeah, Texas Legislature Online. That's another website, and you can go in and type in your address or in your address and it will tell you exactly all the way up through federal offices who your legislators are, people in leadership roles. So that's, I think that's a first step. Get involved uh, in elections. Mm-hmm. You know, Don't hesitate to ask them a question. Um, uh, when they're running and campaigning, our, you know, we have two lobbyists on very part-time, uh, that work with me at the Capitol, one of which I've, has been with me since uh, 2005. And um, so, and as they always say, once the election's over, they don't need you. <laughs> and, and so when November was over and we knew who those 150 representatives were, mm-hmm. you know, that to a degree, they could say, well, we, I don't need you anymore. I already won my election. Right. So get involved in campaigns, at least to follow and track mm-hmm. um, and uh, sort of know what their positions are. And, uh, but again, more than anything else, it's continuing to tell your story, sell your message mm-hmm. uh, to your uh, community, to your students, to your parents. And to your minute, I don't know if you do, Bob Morrison is. Bob does a lot of advocacy work from New Jersey. Uh, I've been emailing him today, in fact, because uh, we're really good friends. But um, I think he says something like, how often should I talk to my principal? Is that every day, his big thing has been for school districts moving toward next school year, don't build your budget or make, because our enrollments are down statewide. Yeah. They and are. that's the reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and other, um, it's an academic discipline. I hate it when you people use the extracurricular word because mm-hmm. by law we're curricular, right mm-hmm. up there with math, science, and right. social that's studies. That's right. All that you know. Um, that's a whole other discussion. Someday. <laughs> but uh, that's why we're having this hearing to see that yeah. and have this bill to elevate our status in the eyes of people who don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, it, and, and back to administrations, a lot of this, if we ever got this, uh, the message, as much as anything, would be back to school boards and administrators and even your principal going, 
Okay, you know, so in terms of staffing, in terms of funding, if it's a foundation subject, it's going to tend to get more attention. And maybe in elementary school, not putting 50 kids in a classroom and you see them every six day for 30 minutes. <laughs> and for uh, elementary teachers, they're my heroes. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Austin ISD is going through a situation right now where there's a possible loss of some fine arts teaching positions and putting it back in the hands of local uh, campus administrators rather than assigned centrally. Mm -hmm. and, and so it, you can't ever assume, oh, we're good wherever you teach. You know, I don't, I don't have a problem. You, you've got to, you said it earlier, Amanda, relationships, it never ends. You know, mm -hmm. at the capital, that's exactly what I would say. What's the most important thing? Building relationships. Mm -hmm. You've got to be trusted. Uh, you never go in and testify uh, in front of a committee and they ask you a question and if you don't know the answer, you make something up. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's building this trust. Right. And, and again, the relationship, and it's the same in a middle school band position as it is, you know, in me at the Capitol, you mm -hmm. know, uh, I've got to have people in the Lieutenant Governor's office who believe, trust me. Yeah. And I go in and say, this is a problem. They'll, I, I'm not saying they always give me the answer I want, but they believe, you know, mm -hmm. it's trust. It's just the things we need to do every day to, no matter what profession we're in, what part of our life is involved. So, um, so I think that's the, the main advice and uh, stay involved and tell your story, take advantage of opportunities to perform, mm -hmm. you know, in your community or even in your school. And our, our teachers, can, our students can be our greatest advocate. Exactly. Uh, yeah. It, it almost it, speaks for itself, what we do. It does. And, and I think I wrote about this a couple of months ago in my column, but they also could help us get some of the kids back we've lost, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I have heard some, some stories like that, you know, but be aggressive and go visit them. Give me have kids in your program. We sure miss you. We'd love to have you back next oh, August. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so y'all are probably way ahead of me on that. But, <laughs> um, but at any rate, um, the good news here in Texas is we're the best protected in law and rule that we've ever been. So in a That's very sh short nutshell, K-5, music, art, and theater, standards-based, must be taught. Middle school, six, seven, and eight, every student must take at least one fine arts course mm -hmm. during that time. You know, like, they'd like to be more, but very, I will tell you, very few states have that. Mm -hmm. And then in high, school, every, in high school, every student must take at least one course to graduate, uh, earn one credit mm -hmm. to graduate. Yeah, and we're, we're so, going to keep it that way. Absolutely. <laughs> that's, and, and that's the plan. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, it, it, it's a team teamwork effort, you know, and uh, so. On every we'll, level. We'll see. Yeah. It, it is on every level. So. Well, you know, I'm so glad that we had you join us today and fill us in on the side of this process that you see and give us mm -hmm. a better idea of what we can do to 
to help out because we're all on the same side trying to get you know fine arts to be a constant for texas students and so we're really grateful for this conversation and um just yeah thank you so much for your time well you're quite welcome and i would just close by saying something i said earlier if any of you who are listening have questions please don't say well i can't call him he's the executive director or he's doesn't have time to talk to me. Call me out. What I miss is hearing more, just like today. It's delightful for me <laughs> yeah. uh, to, to get to visit with you guys and uh, because, you know, your exuberance and your commitment and your passion. I can remember times through the years when people say, oh, we, I don't know what we're going to do. The young teachers, they just can't cut it. They're, I don't think they're going to be any good. And, you know, I will say, you know, Jeez. I've just, I get so, but, you know, I've, I've so admired what you guys are doing. And, and when I meet uh, our young teachers of five years or less or five to 10, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm always inspired that we're going to be just fine. Oh. Uh, and so thank you so much. And as, as uh, my favorite podcast I heard back in May, Brene um, Brown, she wasn't talking, but she was interviewing somebody, and she asked this author, said, well, what, what's your take on the pandemic and what's going to happen? And she said, you know, I don't, I don't know. None of us know at this point in time. Uh, what I admire is how we've all opened our hearts and, and to help each other. And she talked about, you know, first responders and medical personnel and how we have this incredible um, feeling for giving and urge and need and commitment to do that. But she ended it by the statement that keeps me going every day. She said, you know, I really don't know, none of us really know what's going to happen, but when we come down on the other side of this pandemic, everything that matters will last. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's us. That is, yes. Mm -hmm. We're going to last through this because we are so important for kids and we're gonna last. Yeah. And every time I get a little down, I, I think about that. Well, of course we are, because what we do is too important to serve students. Absolutely, I love That's that. beautiful. Thank you everyone for listening. This is The Band Hall, a YBDT podcast. Follow us on Instagram at YoungBandDirectorsTX and find more information about joining YBDT at our new website with just launched YoungBandDirectorsOfTexas.org.